0: Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake, you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30am. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. This has been a real fun, yet challenging series to go through, because I've learned a lot about my character, reflecting back at God's and going, man, am I really, you know, am I really who I want to be with God? And so... I pray that you've learned something. I pray that you've gained something. I, probably, I have notes for you this morning. We'll have notes again next week. But here's the cool part. I don't want you to learn anything else other than the fact that there's this God who so is absolutely crazy about you. Okay? So crazy about you. Like, I don't even think we realize how so insane for us. I mean, think about it. The first series, if you remember the first message, brought up my son on my lap and I said, This is what God gave us. He gave up his son. And I look at that and I go, I don't know greater love. I know people are like, well, Pastor Chris, I want deeper messages. I want this. I'm sorry it doesn't get any deeper than that. Does it? It doesn't. And if we think it does, we miss it. And so here's what I want to say this morning. I want to look at something within these few verses in chapter 6, unpack them, study them together, look it out, and say, man, does this really mean for my life today? What is this this about? um, I want to look at a few different things that you and I have as far as our past experiences. So let me ask you a question this morning. How many of you here have a story? Most of you do. Some of you, I do. You all have a story every single one of us has a story. It's what makes us unique. It's what makes us special. It's what makes us different. It's what makes the bridge church a mutt church, okay? We're not a thoroughbred. We're not a thoroughbred. This mic being funky. All right, we'll fix it. Sure. All right, all right. There we go. Is that better? Sweet. Sorry about that. Um, are you with me so far? Okay, all right. Is that a little easier on the ears? No. All right. What do we need? Volume down. Someone said, "Volume down." If we can bring the volume down. I can even shout without this. So, um, I was in theater for years, man. I was a drama nerd. I, pff, mics, come on. And uh, it's just for Facebook Live. Hello, it's for you. <laughs> so you better give your life to Christ, or I'll beat you. Okay. Um, here's the deal. Um, and then, uh, yeah, if I, it still sounds a little loud to me, I don't know about you guys. We good? We good? A little loud. All right. <laughs> we love you, Dick. Thanks, man. So he's like, I'm never doing sound again. Um, this is what I want to say. We all have different stories. We all come from different places, different lands, different religious experiences, different backgrounds, different judgments. You know, we might even say we're, we're recovering from our religion at some point, right? And uh, I think what happens is these stories that make us us, some of them we have actually bought into what these lies actually tell us. We've actually started living them. We don't even realize we're living them. We go, man, I think that's real or it's true. Or we say, I don't believe that, yet our Christianity reflects that we do, even when we know that's not biblical. And so we try to discern what it looks like. Let me give you a couple examples here of things that either I've experienced or I've heard others say to me even in my time as a pastor. And uh, some of it is this. Well, Pastor Chris, I've been confirmed, so therefore I can live my life however I want and still be called a Christian. Or to be saved, I have to say the sinner's prayer. If I don't say the sinner's prayer, man, I don't get to go to heaven. i got to say it. If I don't repeat those words just right, man, if I don't do it in the King James Version, I'm screwed. It's over. Okay? Or, or we, if, if I don't get my kids baptized, man, they're going to hell. I've heard that one. We've even baptized kids within our church, and that's their belief. And we tell them and we share with them we say, You've got to believe to be baptized, and so we talk to the little Johnny, little Sally, and say, "Hey, do you believe?" Because it's these things that have confused our relationship with Jesus, and that's become religion. I don't know about you, but I hate religion, man. I hate religion. I don't like it. I it religion like ticks me off. There's a great movie. If you ever want to watch it, it's called Luther. There's a bu- bunch of different Luthers out there, but it's about Luther. And it's about him coming to this place of faith. He came out of the Catholicism movement back in the day and to see what he got. And he was like, it's scripture alone, Jesus alone. You know, G- Jesus alone, that really equals everything, doesn't it? That is relationship. Well, within Catholicism back in the day, a lot of things uh, that took place and our, you know, our. Uh, denomination, if you go back in time, you study history, most of the church today stemmed out of Catholicism. And so they play a huge part in the role of our church. So when I, I'm going to share a couple of stories here. I don't want you to say, well, Pastor Chris, man, he's just dissing Catholics. You know, no, I'm, I'm not. I think they have a lot of good things going for them. I think, however, and we have too, we've missed the mark on a few things as we've come along. One of them is called the indulgences. If you don't know what an indulgence is, just read about it sometime. Um, hundreds of years ago, what they would do is they were going out and they were teaching people that you had to pay money to get into heaven. And if you didn't, you didn't make it. <laughs> That's a little manipulative, right? You know, that doesn't, that doesn't work. That's not biblical. Or the second part is this. I remember a, a few years ago, I was, uh, uh, somebody within our family passed away, and they were a devout Catholic. And so I was asked to do part of the ceremony at a very large Catholic church within our area here. And uh, um, when I say area, I mean Minneapolis, because I don't want you to think, "Well, it was St. Pat's." Um, it was large area, and I was doing part of the service, and I was given a script to read. I couldn't say any of my own words. I was given a script, and I'm going through the script, and within the script, it said, "We need to pray that this person is received into heaven." And I was like, "Ah, it's not biblical! You get a choice before you die. This is—I like wanted to burn it, man. I was like, I was mad, and I'm going." I want to respect my family. How do I handle this? Because I'm not going to get up and say something to you that I don't believe in. It's not, this is not going to happen. And so I, I go to my other family member. It was uh, their daughter, and I just asked their daughter. I said, hey, I said, here's the deal. I'm changing these words to I know that this person knew Jesus, and because of that is in heaven. And I said, are you okay with that? And they looked me in the eye and said, I trust you. We have the same beliefs. Whatever you say, I'll support. So I'm up on the stage. I'm like right here huge, huge church. And the priest is behind me. I'm like nervous. I don't get nervous. Okay. And I'm like, I'm like ready to pee myself. And, and the, the priest is sitting down right here and he's going through like an order of service verbatim. And he gets to my part. And so I start reading some of the stuff that I agree with. And then I get to this one part that I change. And I said, and God, we're so grateful that she knew Jesus, that now she's with you in eternity. You would have thought, like, I said something blasphemous from the stage. He looked over at me, and it was like one of those moments. You can relate to the old, like, black and whites where they grab, like, the cane pole, and they, like, drag you off the stage. That's what I was waiting for. I'm like, this is over. It's done with, man. This guy does, he does not like me at all. And I didn't care. I just kept going. I'm like, this is what it is. Now, I say all that to say this. All of us are guilty of this at some level within our faith walk, okay? We can't say, well, it's just... Just the, the Catholic church. No, it's the Assembly of God church. It's, it's all of our churches. It's our own faith walk. We have allowed religion to like creep in there and make a mess of our entire relationship with Jesus. Let me show it to you. Um, and it's really easy to discern, by the way, if it is of God, because you know why? It's gonna be really about the heart, not about the head and just doing stuff. It's gonna be a heart issue. Now, I gotta preface that to say this. You might say, well, pastor, I just, I just believe I'm supposed to, you know, have premarital sex all the time. That's my heart feels that. Can I just say it's not your heart talking? That's another body part. And we'll just leave that there. I thought that was funny, this side. All right. Okay. So here's the deal it has to align biblically. Amen. It's got to align biblically. Well, my heart feels it. I don't care if it doesn't align biblically. Well, I feel it. Like Pastor Chris, I always had to wear a tie to church, it's not in the Bible. Why do we do that? Why do we put the, well, Pastor Chris, I got to pray with my eyes closed. No, you don't. <laughs> you don't. I'm sorry. Well, I have to say the Lord's prayer. If I don't, I might go to hell. Show me. Where is that in Scripture? That's not. The coolest part about Christianity is it's not a do this, do that. It's a believe and let him transform you and change you into the person that you are meant to be. Hosea 6.1. Here we go. Come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces, but he will heal us. He's injured us, but he will bind up our wounds. Some of us feel this way. God, I don't know why this has happened in my life. I don't know what's happened. I know I've messed up, but I feel like, God, I just want you back. I want to be back. I want to return to you. I want to make this right again. And we're going, I'm not sure how to do this. I'm not sure. But just in this video, we see her contemplating it. Do I go back to God? Do I not go back to God? What do I do? Well, the coolest part about this verse is this verse, unfortunately, within our scripture, I'm going to go just a little biblically weird on you for a moment, is at the end of chapter 5, chapter 5 flows right into chapter 6. you got to remember, back in the day, there weren't verses, there weren't chapters. This was all one basic book altogether. We broke it down so it was easier to find things within here. So really, from the end of chapter 5, This is how it really flows. End of chapter 5, I don't have this on the screen, but this is what it said. It said, in their misery, they will earnestly seek me. Come, let us return to the Lord. So, last week, Derek took chapter 5, but if we miss that, we miss the context of what it's really saying, of coming really back to Him. Because in their misery, they're going, ah, we're missing it. We need to make it right with God. And I don't know about you, anybody here ever have something in life, just not go the way you wanted it to? Two of us. I have two, with all three of us. We can make a club. And uh, we can call it church. And uh, the thing that happens is we go, man, I don't know why God would allow that to happen. And what he's doing, I think, is what he's doing here. He's allowing that to happen so that our hearts do come back to him. Okay? An unfortunate part of being a pastor is, and I see this all the time, it's when that junk, whatever you want to call it, when all that stuff like breaks loose and happens, that's when you're most vulnerable, vulnerable isn't it? It's like, man, I feel like God can see right through me right now. I feel like God, God knows me. When I'm at my weakest, what does the Bible say? He's at his strongest. And so when I'm weak, he is strong. Is that just weak in the deeds and the things that I do? No, that's weak in character. That's weak in my sin. That's weak in every fleshly thing that I have. And God's saying, I can work with that. Well, I got it right. I did everything. I said the Lord's Prayer. I did what I went to church every Sunday. I tithe. God's going, I don't care. That's what He's going, I don't if you're doing that, but your heart's not right. He could care less. He could care less. Okay? Verse 2. Hosea chapter 6, verse 2. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will restore us that we may live in his presence. Verse 2 here in chapter 6. There's two things that are happening. First of all, in Jewish literature, just to get a little nerdy on you, anytime you see where it says two days or three days, it can also mean the exact same thing as you know what—it's either a really long time or a really short time. And so, the two days for him to revive them—that was a short time. Three days was like living in eternity. That was like that's going to be a while. This is going to take a while. Any time within Scripture, the second thing, anytime that we see you know, in three days. Come on, come on with me. What do you think that's representing? You know it. Resurrection. You're right, right on. Resurrection of Christ because right here, it's going, man, this is a prophecy, one of over 500 prophecies of the coming of Christ within the New Testament and we see him coming and what's crazy about this is him coming to a bride. We're the bride, okay? And it's weird, guys. We're the bride but coming to the bride of Christ when we're going, we don't even deserve it. We haven't figured it out. We don't have it all figured out yet. We're like, Gomer, that's her name on the train. Don't name your kid that. We've been over that, okay? She's on the train and she's trying to figure it out. We're the same boat. Jesus died for you and I, well we were still screwing it up. Thank you, God. Cuz I don't know about you. I ain't got to figured out yet. Not perfectly. Not perfectly. My teenagers, they're pretty close, they think. Anyone else have teenagers? Wow, man. Pray for you in the spirit on all occasions. Hosea 6, verses 3 through 5. It says, Let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge Him. As surely as the sun rises, He will appear. He will come to us like the winter rains, like the spring rains that that water the earth. What can I do with you, Ephraim? What can I do with you, Judah? Your love is like the morning mist, like the early dew that disappears. Therefore, I cut you in pieces with my... This is such a life-giving church. I killed you with the words of my mouth, then my judgments go forth like the sun. Here's what's taking place. They have, in essence, these two different loves. Think about it like this. If you go out in the pouring rain, and it's just like downpouring, you're like, oh my goodness, I'm soaking wet, unless you have rain gear or something. You know, and us hardcore fishermen or fisherwomen, we go out there when it's like that because we want to catch the big one. Now, on the flip side... God's comparing their love, saying, that's like how the love for us to give to God is supposed to be like. But Israel's love was not like that. It said it was like dew on the grass. I pulled up this morning about 7 o'clock. When I got into church this morning, I looked out. I was, you know, looking at the east and seeing the sunrise. It's just beautiful here in the morning. And, and I noticed the dew on the ground. And when I noticed the dew on the ground, it looked totally wet. On your way out, I want you to look at the grass Guess what? You're not going to see in the grass on your way out today, even with the humidity. There's no dew on the grass. And so what God is saying is like, Israel, your love for me, it's kind of manipulative. You only want me for what I can give you. You're only going to pray to me for your needs. You're not going to pray to me because you love me. You just want something from me. There's this difference. There's this difference. And so what he's saying is this is a short love, manipulative love versus the kind of love that he has for us. And he's going, I want to display that so it can be reciprocated. It's awesome. If you're with me, say yeah. Imagine if your relationships were like that with your spouse. I'm only going to love you if I get something from you. I don't think that would be a really good relationship, you know. I'm going to see you on my couch next week with your spouse, you know, or I'm going to be talking you out of divorce because God has this plan and when we, when we try to mess it up and we try to get in there, can I just say this? Stop doing that. I try to do that. His plan is so much better than mine. It's just about trusting him and following that plan. Sometimes that plan seems simple. That's okay. We're going to come back to verse 6. I'm skipping it on purpose, so just, just stay with me. We're through verse 5, rest of the chapter, verses 7 through 11. Four verses. Here we go. As at Adam, or like Adam, depending on the Hebrew, they have broken the covenant. They were unfaithful to me there. Gilead, a city of evildoers, stained with footprints of blood. As martyrs lie in ambush for a victim, so do bands of priests. Check this out. These priests, like, man, they played too much Fortnite. Check this out, all right? Seriously, they murder on the roads to Shechem, carrying out their wicked schemes. I have seen a horrible thing in Israel. Their Ephraim is given to prostitution. Israel is defiled. Also for you, Judah, a harvest is appointed. And then we get the beginning of chapter 7, which we're not going to get into, but it just prefaces... Whatever I would restore the fortunes of my people, and then we'll get into that next week. What's all this mean? You ever, like, try to read one of the minor prophets or the major prophets in the Old Testament? You read, like, a chapter, and you go, ah, like, what the world did I just read? Let's just unpack it just a little bit because it's real simple, actually. You have these two towns it's talking about. Okay, you've got Gilead and Shechem. These were two Israelite towns in the northern territories. You had Israel and then Judah. These towns were picked out as, from the Jews as cities of refuge. These were places that you would go to to find refuge, to find peace. There won't be any war there. There won't be any destruction. There won't be any sexual sin. It was like just this like, almost paradise kind of place. And what was happening is they were perverting it. They were letting their idols get in there. They were letting their, their worship of the Baal gods get in there. They were prostituting there. All, all of this. You know, just it was like the worst that it could possibly be. And now you see the priest on the side of the road, you know, killing people. This was bad. This was like very worldly, if I can use that word. Now, I want to give a really important note here. It would seem as if these cities, these two cities right here, Gilead and Shechem, fell apart. And if you go on YouTube... And you Google Hosea 6 sermons, you'll find hundreds and hundreds and hundreds on this verse that are unfortunately taken so far out of context that please don't listen to them because they will put fear into you. They, they're, not, they're not correct. Some of them maybe, but the ones that I looked at were not. And what happened was it said this. Now, I, just, just stay with me, okay? Don't agree with what I'm about to say because if you do, you're going to get caught on something here in a minute. So just I'm, I'm giving you a warning, okay? It would seem that these cities fell apart, and all of a sudden, people equate it to America falling apart. They see our need to get it back together. They go, man, look at at Gilead and Shechem, and this is the, it's a symbolism of America, and we're getting it all wrong. And, and, you know, we start getting into stuff, talking about the return of Christ. We're like, yeah, America's so awful, and all this is so bad. I want to preface you and warn you of ever saying that again, and here's why. It was not talking about the world. It was talking about God's people. Second Chronicles 7:14, very famous scripture. It says, "If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin and heal their land." Some of us as Christians, we've been waiting so long for America to get it right and repent and turn their way." According to this verse, is it America that's supposed to repent, or us? I'm just saying, I'm not trying to step on your toes. I'm just letting Scripture do that on its own. We're my people. This is why God chose to have Hosea marry Gomer. It was a demonstration not only of God's judgment, but of his grace and his love and his mercy that never ends. And so just as Hosea married Gomer, Hosea knew Gomer would mess up just as God accepted you and knew you'd screw up. He still chose us. So does that mean we don't have to repent? No. It means we're supposed to repent. Well, i got to repent because I have to. Is that religious now? No, it's grace. I'm getting something I don't deserve. I get God's crazy love for me. I want to receive it all, though. I'm selfish. I want all God's love I can possibly have. I don't know about you, but that's what I want with my life. I want to feel his love. I want to walk in his ways. I want to know he's with me. I want to know he's surrounded me. You know, I know the Bible talks about a hedge of protection. I don't want that. I want a castle, okay? Like, come on. That's what I want with the Lord Let's go to verse six. This is my favorite one to unpack. I, I just love this, and we'll camp out here for the rest of our time. Hosea six six. For I desire what? Mercy, not sacrifice. Well, oh, wait a second. An acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. Hello. There is a spirit of religion, if I can say, that is keeping people in our community from experiencing God. I believe that with all my heart. You don't have to believe that with me. But I believe there's a spirit of oppression. I believe there's a spirit of religion that's so over this community that when you go over next door, you're having a bonfire, and you're like, man, my pastor told me I should invite somebody to church. And you go over, and you invite them, and you're doing the right thing, and you're praying in the spirit, and you're asking them to come, and you go over and say, hey, Billy, you want to come to church with me? And they're like, no, I've done that. There's a reason that St. Francis is not the easiest town to reach, and it's because there's the spirit of oppression. You know who put it on them? The church, not the world. It breaks my heart. Here's some signs of the spirit of religion that I see. There's probably a lot more. First of all, they don't take the word of God seriously. Israel ignored God after warning, after warning, after warning, after warning. You know, after destruction, after destruction. Why did God do that? Because he's a mean God? No, He just wanted them to experience Him. Nothing else. God desired repentance so people could experience His grace. Second, sign of spirit of religion is we attempt to atone for our own sin. We, we think we can do it. Man, if I'm just good enough, well, if I was baptized, you know, on my attendance record at church, I got 52 gold stars for the year and 53 when it's year. No, I... If, if I did this or if I did that, can I just say this? If it's on you, bro, how do you know? What's the litmus test? I, how do you know you're good enough? Where's that scale? I don't find that in my word of God. It doesn't exist. You know, maybe, you're, maybe on the flip side, you're going, man, I can attempt for my own sins. So you're going, man, I love to party all week long, you know, Sunday night through Saturday night, dude. And then I'll come to church on Sunday morning, man. And in that hour, I make it right with God again. And then I can go screw up again sucky life man there's so much more freedom that we're not experiencing that god wants you to experience don't don't let him condemn you let him convict you and lead you gently into a place of peace forgiveness grace and mercy that he so desires for you because he's in crazy love with you that's relationship not religion what can wash away my sins nothing but me is religion Third, third sign of a spirit of religion is we attempt to control God. We ever done that? <laughs> we ever done? You know, we've all done that from time. Israel did this trying to worship God the same they did Baal. They knew if they worship Baal, B A A L, this false God, that man they would have babies and their land would be fertile. And so they're like, we know we're getting something. Well, what with God, it was like just relationship. That's it. I don't. I'm not getting something from you. Well, we're gonna pray to you. We're going to do these things and say the Lord's Prayer and do it all right because we think we're going to get something. We're going to try to control the outcome of what God has for me rather than just surrendering to what it really is. Do you ever get mad if things don't go your own way? All of us do from time to time. We're normal. The last one here, spirit of religion, is we're constantly running away from God. But let me explain that. It's not as simple as it sounds because I think I think running away from God can actually look a lot like running to God. I think there's a fine line. Because you can say, Pastor, I go to church. I tithe. I'm even pure. I serve others. I feed the poor. I go on missions trips. I pray a lot. I've raised the dead. God says that doesn't even matter unless our hearts are right with Him. That's relationship. So, that's kind of the, bleh. now let's bring it up a little bit, okay? Did you know this morning that God wants to show you more of Himself every day? You realize that? I want you to realize that this morning, okay? God wants to reveal more of Himself to you daily, all the time, every day, constantly. He's there all the time. Are you seeking after him with all your strength? Because if you do, the Bible says you'll find him. Does your time with the Lord re-energize you? Because if it does, you have relationship with Jesus. If it doesn't, and it feels more like a ritualistic experience, you have religion. Does it re-energize you, or does it drain you? That's the difference between religion and relationship. You, you came into the bridge. We're a safe place, but we're not going to have church calisthenics here. Sit up, stand up, sit down, sit down, sit up. You know, we just don't do that. Why? Well, we should, you know, or we should say the things that we have to recite, or we should do that, or, you know, the pastor preaches in jeans. What? What kind of church? Again, I don't see denim as a sin, okay? I just say it, all right? You know, we have all these things. We've got to be free of those things. Now, there might be something else that you have and that you're holding on to, It could be something else that I haven't even mentioned. Repeatedly, though, in Scripture, the Lord tells us that while he has no desire for half-hearted religious rituals, he greatly desires hearts that are on fire for him, that are passionate for him. Those who will joyfully love God and others as yourself. That's what he's looking for. That's what he's looking for. So let me give you here, really quick, you can jot these down because I don't have them in your notes. Um, I'm going to end with these six things. I'm just going to shotgun them out to you very quickly to deepen your relationship with God. Some of them you'll know. Some of them maybe will be a little bit of a revelation. But first, you have to come to him honestly. Don't raise your hand, but how many of you have grown up in a church or a place where you couldn't even ask questions because it was looked at as, you know, sin? You just had to accept everything you were told right away. I'm probably the biggest skeptic in this room. I prayed and prayed, God, I want to know which... Which is right? Is it Christianity? Is it Buddhism? Is it Muslim? Is, is, what is it? Until you have an experience with the living God who sent his son, Jesus Christ, you will never know. But when that happens, it will transform you into something that you didn't even know was possible. It's, so come to him honestly. God, I don't know if you exist. I don't know if you're real. I don't even know if I'm talking to somebody. But I want you to talk to me. I'm inviting you. Be real with him. Be open with him. You know? teenagers let me talk to you just for a second if you're in the room you are a place where your mom and dad brought you up in church and you're going to get to this place in your faith walk where you got to make it your own and you're going i can't just live on the coattails of my mom and dad or my mom and dad they drag me to church every sunday you know what you might be tired of that that's okay that's understandable you know i, I get that you're starting to individuate be who you're meant to be so I come to god honestly god my parents drag me to church i don't like it you know and I, I want to know if you're real or not. And start making your faith real on your own. Don't rely on your parents' faith. Rely on God. Second, you've got to come to him with reliance. Okay? You have to understand reliance upon him. Do you rely on God? for All, all my decisions in life are prayer-based. Every single one. I, I want to know, God, is this what you want? I want to rely on you. Third, become interested in what interests him. Some of you are scared to death of this. What interests Him? What interests God? Loving people, serving people, you know, reaching out. All of that, having a relationship. It's so hard for us as Americans because we feel like we've got to do something to earn it. That's the hardest thing for us. We don't. Fourth, know His Word. Simple. We've talked about that. Get in the Word, man. The Word is hilarious. It comes alive. There's so much to it. There's 66 books. And, man, hey, no, we you know, we're kind of talking about Catholics a little bit. Can I just say for us, there's 66 books, but if you're Catholic, there's even more, okay? So some of you got that. Number five, observe his characters and ways. Observe his ways. Learn from him. How many of us in here, now now don't have false pride, but just think about it like this. Paul, the apostle, he said, he said, follow me as I follow Christ. How many of us today are in a place where we could go later this afternoon on our Facebook feed or our whatever, Twitter feed or Instagram, whatever, I don't know. and We could post a picture or a little something that says, follow me as I follow Christ because my life so reflects God that I want you to imitate my life with Him. I don't know that any of us are like, oh, I'll do that because we don't want to be prideful. But can I just say, if you go, man, I can't because of XYZ. Allow God to convict you of those things and work on them. Don't let condemnation and shame, that's not of God. He just wants your heart. That's why He chose Hosea, a prophet, to marry a prostitute. It's a beautiful, crazy love story. Number six, last one. Accept His invitations and commands. Some people are so scared of, like, you know, praying because they feel like God might call them to Africa. I don't know what scares you about that. Sounds like fun. You know, know, I I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready for that. So you're telling me you have better interest in mind for your own life than God has for you? You with me? Say yeah. Let's stand to our feet. Let's pray. He wants to know you, and he knows everything about you. He has this crazy love for you. sent his son. We know that. Don't be afraid of him. Don't be afraid of just loving him with everything that you have. See, your knowledge of God, it grows as you increasingly recognize his love for you. God delights in you. He takes joy in you. You are his prized possession. It's incredible. It's incredible. Let's pray. This has been a podcast of The Griggs Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit... If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.